Hello and welcome to the HEA Book Club. I'm Summer O'Toole. I'm a romance author and here with me is my best friend Kelsey. Hello everyone. And then we have our amazing guest with us. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm Christy, read between the lines on TikTok and Bookstagram. So Christy was one of like the first people I think I followed on Book Talk. So you and your blue eyelashes have just been <laughs> a Book Talk staple. Thank you. <laughs> and Thank your transitions you. that are like so sharp and clean. Oh my gosh, seriously yeah. though, those transitions, I just mesmerize me every single time. <laughs> no, thank you. I think my neighbors probably think I'm absolutely crazy because I do it all up against my window for lighting. <laughs> and all, and I live in like a little neighborhood that we're all like on top of each other. I'm like, I'm 99% sure my neighbors are think I'm absolutely insane, but I, I appreciate it. it. Thank you. <laughs> That's so funny. Today, all the books that we read are on disability rep. So we all kind of took a different route. The book I read was It Ain't Me, Babe by Tilly Cole. It's the first in our Hades Hangman MC Romance Club book. It is a dark romance and definitely, definitely check your content warnings. I read Get a Life, Chloe Brown by Talia Hibbert, and I'm pretty excited to talk about it. I read uh, Good Guys Don't Lie by Michaela Smeltzer. It is the fourth book in the boys series, which is just a bunch of bro college interconnected standalones <laughs> nice bros yes it is well it's good it's good I really loved it I liked the quote that you shared about like smutty book readings or, well, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get there I'm sure we'll oh, get we, there. Will. we will <laughs> before that let's get into our weekly hots I actually have one that is more than just it was cold and I cuddled okay well actually it's still like kind of pure and I guess I don't think I've said this before like on the podcast but because I'm less anonymous than Kelsey my outer respect for my partner and what they're comfortable with my weekly hots are going to be more PG I feel like I like write all these spicy books and all my weekly hots are like I held someone's hand (laughs) (laughs) okay but my weekly hot so it was Sunday morning I slept in because I stayed up really late, which is very unlike me. Usually I'm like in bed, even on the weekends at 9 p.m., waking up at like 7 a.m. I love to go on my morning walks. And the Sunday I slept in. So my partner and I were waking up at the same time. And I was like, do you want to get donuts? Let's go for a walk. It's a beautiful day out. Let's go get donuts. It's going to be so great. And she was like, no, (laughs) I don't want to get out of bed. I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll probably go to this other coffee shop where I have a free membership, so I get free coffee. So I'm like, well, if we're not going to get donuts together, I'll probably just go get a free coffee. She says, oh, but you could bring me back donuts. (laughs) I was like, you're right. I'll go get us donuts. So I'm walking back after getting donuts. I had a little call with my mom. I was listening to some podcasts. And as I'm walking back, I'm probably like a few blocks from home. I see her walking up. (laughs) And she's like, I thought I could do this. I should. I was like, why didn't I go on this walk with her? So I had the donuts and our coffee. And we sat in the park and ate donuts and coffee. That is so sweet and like so pure is a good word, but also just like the joy you must have felt seeing her walk towards you to like meet you that part way. Like that is. That's a book moment. It, it is a book so moment. It, it, 
reminded me in like a less dramatic way of those airport you know and they're like i'm leaving and the person's like i won't be there and then they are (laughs) there's so many airport scenes i just watched little italy the other night can i remember the actresses and the actors names no i can't it was cute though with two very popular actors and actresses and there was an airport scene and it made me think i was thinking it as i was watching it. i was like this is so fantastic but also like how many are there of these Mm -hmm. And all so why them. do they never have security? You know, this one has security. They got stuck at security in this one, they and did. I was okay. thrilled. Okay. But there was some, like, I don't know, some security guards that caught, like, captured, like, one of the carts that you could drive in. Some, like, grandparents stole it. I don't know. It was a big moment. Big moment. Either they bought, like, an $800 one-way ticket because they bought it day of, or they just are, like, romance reasons. There's going to be no TSA. Mm-hmm. right tsa pre-check we're just gonna assume that everyone has it <laughs> <laughs> everyone could just run through it's no big deal okay summer i love your weekly hot this week thanks christy do you want to share yours sure but mine is not good i actually ended my i wasn't i wouldn't call it a relationship but i've been seeing this guy for a few weeks and i actually ended it this week Slightly because he like did not meet any sort of expectations. Nice guy, super nice guy. Never did anything that was like, ooh, red flag. And I think part of it is the dang book boyfriends because I'm reading it and I'm like, he yes. opened the door for me. He didn't walk me to my car when it was outside. And I start thinking all these things. But no, I was just like, I had been seeing him for a few weeks and he was really nice, but I just didn't have that spark or that connection. But I am fearful of rejection. And so the last thing I wanted to do was reject someone. So I literally FaceTimed my best friend who lives across the country from me for two hours. And we wrote out this text message together. And then I sent it to him. And then he never responded. But, you know, it's at least it's done. It was nerve wracking. But I knew for me, this is not the man for me. I am not settling. Not going to do it. But it uh, it took some help to get me to uh cut things off that's it's not really romance but sort of but it's kind of like the book boyfriends set the bar high and you were not having anything less which you shouldn't exactly agreed full agreed on that and someone who's also in the dating world book boyfriends really hold a high standard for you right I'm like at least chop someone's hands off you know like no, <laughs> I'm just kidding, but it's just like the little things that I know the bare minimum of a boy book boyfriend would do and I was like come on like you open your jaw isn't even clenched right now at the sight of me (laughs) someone made eye contact with me and are not even mad like (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's my uh little hot topic for the week well that leaves me um this week I okay this is gonna start randomly I was on TikTok scrolling and for some reason TikTok thinks that I'm a mother so it gives me very weird ads So I got an ad for this diaper company called Little Helper, and it's diapers, reusable mats. It's basically just all eco-friendly goodness, right? So like reusable diapers, pee pads. I don't don't know what else to call it. That's not what they call it. They call it something better than that. Mm. For whatever reason, I actually stopped on the ad for once, and I like hit the comments because there were so many of them, and someone was like, I use this for my sex life, and I was like, oh, oh my gosh. I could use it for my sex life. So what did I do? I bought it because I'm so tired of changing my sheets after a great round of whatever. 
And I'm literally so sick of it. The guy who I'm with right now, shout out to Mr. EMT. He knows how much it pisses me off. So when I broke out this mat one time and we were about to get down and dirty, he was like, what is that? And I was like, it's going to be my saving grace. This is it. And ever since then, we've used it twice now. It has been a raging success. I got to do a product. Shout out to Lil Helper. Pass what I'm doing right now. Is this what you meant for it to be for? Probably not. It was probably for like changing babies. However... It works great. It works really great, guys. And I don't know if I ever have a really heavy period. I could probably sleep on top of it. I'm just glad you got the popsicle cartoon instead of the dinosaurs. Because when you sent it to me and you're like, I bought one of these. I was like, she got the dinosaur one. I was literally, it was either going to be dinosaurs or popsicles. And then there's all the baby ones. Like there was elephants and dolls. There was all the very gender specific child ones. And I was like, I can't break that out while having sex and like keep a straight face. I was trying to write it out <laughs> that is awesome that is I mean that's smart less laundry guys it's all up win wins all around that's so funny Christy that you mentioned a cross-country call with your mm-hmm. best friend too mm-hmm script texts because I'm pretty sure me and Kelsey have done that like three times this past week yeah <laughs> really that's yeah. awesome yeah. Kelsey's in California I'm in Georgia oh um, wow yeah where are you I'm uh Michigan good old oh, nice. midwest cold we're about to get like I think two feet of snow tomorrow so like really looking forward to that I told my dad I actually got on dating apps this year because I was sick of doing yard work Oh, I I just didn't want to do it anymore. So I'm not looking forward to that. But yeah, I'm in Michigan and my best friend's in Denver. I love it. Like she knows everything. She's been there through it all. So no matter how many times I cry, she's like, all right, bring it on. I've seen this before. Like it's just (laughs) no judgment. It's what you need in a friendship, I think. I'm with you on that. And I think that's the same friendship that Summer and I have as well. That's great. I just love friends. Three years for good friends. (laughs) All getting emotional just over just decent, <laughs> wonderful people. Yes. Yes. Those people books. No. <laughs> hey, beautiful listener. I just wanted to let you know that the next book we're going to talk about deals with child abuse and SA. If that's something you do not want to listen to, please go ahead and skip to minute 20. We're, d- we're doing disability rep is our theme for this week. So I read It Ain't Me, Babe by Tilly Cole, and this is the second book by Tilly Cole that I have read. The hero is mute. I thought initially he was deaf, but he is hearing, but he has a stutter that's really severe. So he only ever spoke to two people, his dad, who was the president of this motorcycle club called the Hades Hangman, and his best friend, whose dad was also in the motorcycle club so he only ever was able to like fully get coherent words out to those two people and the book starts with him as a 13 year old he's going on a job with his dad to bury some bodies in the woods and he sees this girl on the other side of a fence they're literally out in the middle of nowhere and he sees this girl on the other side of a fence and he calls her over and she's then the third other person that he speaks to. He's like, what's your name? Or like, what are you doing here? And she's also silent. It's like not talking. She's in a weird 
white dress. She looks, she's been like crying, but they like hold hands through the fence and he, he kisses her. And it's in a very like innocent 13 year old boy kiss way. But then his dad calls him away and he disappears back to his life. She lives her life, which is on a cult commune, like compound. The cult is based around this guy, Prophet David, and they have this belief that all women basically are temptresses and are sinners. And But the hypocrisy is that women are also there to like sexually please the men, but they're but they're sinners, but the, so basically it's real fucked up, you know, all the cult stuff. And there's basically like ritualized child abuse, especially amongst the, these four girls who are, they're like born too pretty or hasn't really got, I didn't finish it again. <gasps> I don't know what's wrong with me. It's like, Girl. as soon as there's a deadline, I vastly overestimate my ability to, <laughs> I literally swept up in this horror of a story. Like we're silent over here, Christian and I, and, and then all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden I didn't finish it. And I'm like, do I need to call you every day? Do we need to schedule it out? Do I need to put it on my calendar? Yes. You? I'm so excited to hear the ending. Like I know it's happily ever after, but like. But when? Because now we're just I'm stuck at the compound. Come on. No, no. Okay. I'm, all, I'm like at least half, almost halfway. <laughs> halfway okay it's not my fault it's on a kindle so i don't know how big it is and i just assume i can finish a book in three hours and i can't girl i'm shook at you right now oh my gosh i love you but my lord summer you just dropped that bomb okay 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 um we're, i will just pretend that i'm not gonna give spoilers and it's just because i don't know the spoilers myself oh, i love it okay <laughs> So we haven't found out why these like four girls were picked. I don't know if we will or if like, it's just like they're born, they're too pretty. So these four girls are isolated from the rest of the compound. All they do is just hang out by themselves all day, except for when they are called to be used and abused basically. So she ends up running away and she ends up escaping. And as she's running away, she gets attacked by a guard dog. So she has this really bad wound on her leg. She somehow makes it out. She stumbles onto the road, gets in a woman's car who's driving by for a few hours. And she was starting to, this part I'm a little confused about. She was like, you have to let me out right here. And she was like, no, like this is the middle of nowhere. Like I'm taking you to a hospital, you're injured. And she's like, no, no, my, my friends are here. Her friends weren't there. She doesn't have friends in the outside world. She's very sheltered. When they mentioned motorcycles, she didn't know what a bike was or her motorbike. So she's super sheltered and I think maybe she didn't want to be in the woman's car if she like fell asleep and wasn't able to like protect herself because their cult teaches them that the outside world is full of evils and it's going to bring evil upon you and all that typical cult stuff. But she stumbles, so she gets out of the car, she insists that she has friends there, she stumbles out and falls asleep by this like big warehouse. Then you switch to Styx, who's the hero. And it's Sticks like the River Sticks. His real name is River, but his club name is Sticks. Anywho, her name is Salome, which is a original Jezebel temptress. So she goes by May because Salome is like derogatory because it's like, you know. Okay, there's a lot going on. Where's where's the like the where the did love. they meet? Where's okay. the love? So she, where's the, like the, the warehouse that she fell asleep outside of, bleeding to death, was 
his motorcycle club. Okay. So they think, oh, you know, like somebody dumped a body here. They've also been dealing with rival gangs. Somebody's trying to undercut them, but they don't know who. So they're like, oh, it could be this this mysterious party trying to frame us by dropping an almost dead girl. He gets a look at her and he's like, holy crap, this is that girl that he's been obsessed with since he was 13 years old. And he calls her the girl with the wolf eyes. And she was this like big main character in his life because she was the third person that he was ever able to speak to. There was no new person that he was able to actually speak to since her. And then she gets, she's treated some, she gets healed. She recognizes him. And he was this great big light in her life too, because he was like the only person who ever showed her compassion, even in that just a brief run-in that they had. Because that was after the first time that she was abused. So it was this really pivotal dark moment in her life. And then she escaped and was attacked by the guard dog and he was there again. So even when he is trying to tell her like, I'm this really bad dude, you can't stay here. She's like, I don't, I don't care. Like you, every time that I've met you, you've shown up in my life when it was the darkest point. So this is one of those books that's very insta love where, but I think it was really, really well done. And those tropes can like, are such a fine line between being heart achingly beautiful or just the Highland Gladiator. That one was insta love, but there was no backbone to it. There was nothing that explained why they were, why they were the ones for each other. But this book in, it creates such, I don't know how she does it, but it works. And we'll find out what happens when I finish it. Oh my goodness. But I, okay, the things that they're alluding to. <laughs> so I'm going to move myself because I'm just going to take a moment over here. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm like the worst at this. Okay, hold on. Poor so Christy has read like four books for us and <laughs> it's all my fault. So some of the things that are going to happen based off of the foreshadowing. So there's a rat, there's somebody who's a leak in their motorcycle. Then of course, the cult is going to come after her because they never let anyone escape. And that's what we have to look forward to. I do have to say, so far, I would rate it like a solid eight out of 10. Okay. And also because Tilly Cole's book, Lord of London Town, which this has a lot of similarities to, was a 10 out of 10, was a 12, 12 out of 10. So I'm, you know, giving her a buffer of several stars. Have you hit any smut so far with where you're at? Yeah. Has, okay. It's actually been really good because you would think, how is this woman who's been abused her whole life going to be able to dive into something? But she understands that what she's used to isn't right. So she's mm -hmm. like, show me what is right, what it's supposed to feel like. And he, of course, is trying to contain his inner sex demon because <laughs> <laughs> he wants her so bad, but he's like, I, I'm gonna destroy her. But she's like, it's okay, I like you. <laughs> but it's, that's also handled a little romance reasoning where you're kind of like, is this mm -hmm. believable? But well, it's still done well enough that you, it's not a big logic jump to make. Precursor to me talking about my book. Not pre, eh, precursor, sure, because I'm saying it first. 
I am someone who deals with chronic illnesses myself, and I've done that my whole life. So to be handed a book, Summer always hands me just like quite, <laughs> quite the books every single week. So to be handed a book that was a pure reflection of my life uh, for many, many years, it was really, really impactful. And if I had read this book back when I was my sickest, like six, seven years ago, I think it would have changed my perspective a lot. And I think it also would have been really encouraging. So if anyone is out there who has chronic illnesses, I would suggest that you read this book, but also just like trigger warning as well. Cause like I, I trigger warning myself as I was reading it. <laughs> okay. But anyways, so I read Get a Life Chloe Brown by Talia Hibbert. Chloe is a black woman who has fibromyalgia and chronic pain. And it's to the point where she's living with her family, which is very, very rich. Like her family's very wealthy. And this was an onset after she had mono or the flu or something. So she had a point in her life where she was really healthy, which once again, I can relate to that because I once was really healthy too. And then, you know, you hit the downslide. So she was in the downslide. And when she was in this darker period of her life, living with her family, who's super supportive in the best way, love to see that. But even though she was in that environment, this thing happened to her where she was on her daily walk and she was three feet away from being like mauled by a car. If this car had hit her, she would have died like 100%. So what happens is she gets comforted by the EMTs, the paramedics. She goes home and her grandma looks at her, who's a big character in the story. Like her Gigi looks at her and is like, honey, you, you look a little peckish. And then all of a sudden she's just down on the floor, which I guess happens semi-often at this point in her in her life. So she passes out. When she wakes up, she's like, I am not going to die not having lived my life. So she makes a list and she's like, I want to go camping. I want to ride a motorbike. I want to have meaningless sex, a wild night out, like all these little things that for her, she feels like either she missed because she was sick or she feels like it's part of what makes you live a life is to have these experiences. So she's trying to create this list to check off these boxes of I'm going to force myself to do this. So that way, if one day I do die when I don't want to, at least I'll have lived in this way. So that's Chloe. She's main character one. Main character two is Red. I think his name is Redford or something, but he goes by Red. He is the superintendent of the apartment that Chloe has recently moved into because part of her getting a life is moving out from her parents, which preach. That helped me too when I, when I hit that point in my life. So Chloe, I feel you. <laughs> so Red's the superintendent and he is, it's like a big apartment complex. And from Chloe's window, she can look down. And when the lights are on, she can see Red painting in his studio. Painting, right. Painting. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Red's an artist. He's a super, but he's on leave from his artist world. So he's still creating, but you know, just. I, I thought it was going to be these books man they just get in your head your mind just went somewhere else we're not there yet your brain's going in the right direction but we're not there yet okay so she starts spying on him because one of the things on her list is like do something naughty right or do something taboo and for her it turns into accidentally spying on red and then she like does it like one more time and then she's just mortified with herself she has such a good moral compass this whole thing happens where like in order for them to like each other and to have their first meet cute, because so far there's not a meet cute. So far they just don't like each other. Red is this just this sunny, beautiful personality. And Chloe comes off as really aloof and like she wears these vintage clothes and she's kind of posh. So like he and her, like they don't, they're not exactly on the same page. 
And Red also has some history where the last posh girl he dated just like absolutely wrecked him and is also one of the reasons why he's no longer an active artist in the art world. So all important little details. Here's the meet cute. This is so cute. So Chloe's out on a walk and she is coming back to the apartment and she sees this cat in a tree and she's like, this is my moment to live. So she decides with her fibromyalgia, her chronic pain, she's high as a kite on her current painkillers. She decides to climb this tree to get this cat and she gets the cat. But Red sees the whole thing and he doesn't come in until the end. We don't know that he's watching. She's at the top of the tree, ready to pass out. Finally has this cat in her lap and Red's just basically like, so uh, how are you going to get down? You know? So then Red has to climb the tree to get her down. And she's in the point where she's so tired and so fatigued that her rights and lefts aren't even making sense. So like Red is mentally cataloging, like something's up with her. Like there's something that I didn't see before but now I understand there's something medically wrong with her and like what is it I don't know I'm not I'm not bothered by it but also just like I need to be aware of it because I told her to go left and all of a sudden she's going right off the branch of the tree and she's gonna kill herself accidentally so he's just aware of the situation um and then he ends up taking her back to her apartment and like there's other signs there you know medication bottles out Summer can attest to that one for me like I got medication bottles out and it's just I don't know how it works for a lot of people Anyways, okay, so lo and behold, Chloe somehow ends up mentioning her list to Red, but a very like not all versions of it or not all the items, but just some of them. And one of them is ride a motorbike. So they decide to make a trade because she's like very much like, I can't pay you, but you need a website because you're an artist and I create websites. So let's do a trade. She's like, I want to go camping, but I can't do that by myself. Take me camping, you know, like let's go camping together or let's ride a motorbike. So they do these little things where like, They ride a motorbike together because he has a motorbike and then they go camping together and all throughout it. It's just, it's so sweet. So this is where my first quote comes in from Chloe's perspective. Camping had been on her list because it seemed gritty and normal and slightly scary and more than a bit of a challenge. But truthfully, she barely wanted to do it. Now, in this moment, she realized just how magical Red had made it. Not only by arranging everything, by making her laugh all day, by remembering her limitations so she didn't have to constantly point them out, but with things like this, things like the marshmallows, the extra effort he put in to make this a wonderful experience instead of just a checked box. So like, I see your guys' faces, like just so much sweetness, so much consideration between them two. Like they consistently talk about, hey, we just want to fill each other's gaps. We just want to support each other in whatever way they can. And I would have loved to have had a relationship like they had when I was chronically ill. I mean, I still am chronically ill. I just live a different version of a life than I used to. Mm. So it's just, it's really, it's really beautiful from my perspective in particular. And they do have sex. There's some nice smutty scenes, but they're not overtly smutty. I know there's like one point where Chloe is like, oh yeah, I did used to like sex. Like, this is why I liked sex. And then they have sex again. It's just, you know, they have good chemistry and like, she really builds him up. He was in a dark place with his artwork and she ends up convincing him to put his art out into the world again. So, I mean, like this book hit me on like all the levels. I'm an artist. I have chronic illnesses. Like I could just relate all over the place. And it was really fantastic for that. There was obviously a moment where they like had that big misunderstanding and then from there they had to fix it because, you know, that's how these books work. (laughs) But overall, like, okay. This is so sweet. I'm just going to, I'm going to spoil her here. One of the items on her list, like her unfiltered list is 
she wanted to travel the world with just like a handbag, like just like, like one suitcase luggage, like something she could throw over her back. And like the prologue, no, sorry, the epilogue was basically her being like, yeah, like here I am in New York Times Square. Like we've always wanted to come here to go see like the net for him. And I've always just wanted to come because, but like overall, like going to Cuba was my favorite, even though these other three countries were also cool. And I'm just like, girl, you're living your best life out of a handbag and you have like the best supporting partner. And I could cry just thinking about it. Um, So overall, eight out of 10 for the book. I didn't want to feel so many things. If I was wanting to feel all the things, I would say 10 out of 10. I'm going to be honest, you did too good of a job. So eight out of 10 for my emotional, like I needed to put up a barrier there. Um, And then Spice was only two out of five. There wasn't a whole lot of details. Like they had sex, they talked about it every now and again, but it was, the book was written on character arc. So for like character arc and development, 20 out of 10. I liked it. I liked it a lot, but I also don't want to read it again because it just makes me really sad. I'm conflicted. I'm very, I'm obviously very conflicted. That sounds so good. Yeah. I'm glad that it resonated bittersweet to see like such a beautiful relationship occur when I didn't get to experience that when I was going through my darkest times mm-hmm. I think that was definitely the like you know the bittersweet part of it but also I'm still preaching that Chloe is traveling the world in this hypothetical magical book that she was written <laughs> yep. and aren't you going to try to travel this summer I am so my version of traveling plus shout out to COVID for limiting certain things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live out of my car for like at least a month. So that's my, that's my plan. It's something I've always wanted to do. That's yeah. so cool. So I'm making my own dreams come true because I don't I need no man. I would like a man. I don't need no man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't need no man. I don't want a man. <laughs> but I don't think I've told you this, Kelsey, but we might be getting, we might be trading Gabby's, she has like an old SUV that's just like, half the doors don't lock, sometimes it starts, sometimes doesn't. We might be trading it with my brother's car, which is a Suburban, and Gabby's like, we can fit like a giant ass mattress in this and live out of it. Yes, yes. This summer. Oh my god, you in Georgia, me in California. Like, let's pick the, all the national parks in between. Let's do it. The middle. <gasps> and then we make yes. I'll be there this summer. Oh my god, shut up. Yeah, I always go out every summer and visit. So, or at least I try to. So, oh my god, did we just create the next sisterhood of the traveling <gasps> car pants? The traveling wheels. <laughs> <laughs> love it we could work on the name yep needs a little tweaking but we can get there <laughs> oh my gosh legitimately though that's very exciting let's do it Ooh. <laughs> love it okay. let's do it okay great that <laughs> convinced me <laughs> that's settled <laughs> before we dive into christy's book let me mention a few of my quotes because i have yes. pulled up now she says, you have light within you sticks and I feel it shining through like the rays of the midday sun. It is beautiful. You are a good man. And this is after 
he's like, I sell weapons, drink too much, I fuck a lot of people, I kill people, I'm gonna kill again. Like, and that's why the book's called It Ain't Me, Babe. He says, you want someone to take good care of you, it ain't me, babe. Okay, so that's one of them. I always love when you find out, like when they throw in like, this is the title. Yes. This is why it occurred that happens. You will never, you'll never know, but in the two darkest moments of my life, you have shown up. You say, it ain't you who is good and who will keep me safe, but you already have. You have saved my life twice. This is like 27% into the book, right? It's giving you those like insta-love moments that make it so believable. I think this might be like Tilly Cole's kink is like childhood one-off run-ins and then finding each other like 10 years later is Lord of London Town. I don't know if you've read it, Christy, mm-hmm. but the prologue is like essentially the same where these two people live in very different worlds and they meet each other like one night as just like a run-in when they're kids. And then 10, 15 years later, they run into each other again and it's like sparks. And then, okay, this is when she realizes finally that sex can be good. Actually, they haven't even had sex at this point yet. He's just made her come. But she says, I exploded. I shattered into tiny fragments, my soul bursting with light. Too much, yet not enough. I was instantly addicted. I like it. Romantic or like flowery, not flowery, but like smooth writing, but also like straight to the point, like this is it, succinct. You can can feel the character with that sentence. And her dual POV is done really, really well. It's super distinct voices. His narration is actually how he talks. Like it's not always grammatically correct. It has those different inflection points, whereas hers is like more almost older because she was raised like in this confined area. It almost sounds like somebody from the 1800s, maybe. Oh, I'm glad that you brought that up because the same was for my book. Not that Chloe was in the 1800s speaking realm, but like it was very distinct as to who was speaking when and like the, even just the internal dialogue and the behavior to each other. And it was beautifully well done. I read Good Guys Don't Lie and I had read the first in the series like forever ago. So I really didn't know what to expect, but I had actually seen a TikTok talking about that it was disability and I was like okay game over like let's go so this follows Ophelia who has autism and Cree who has social anxiety but he plays hockey he's in the popular crowd like he's the it dude but he deals with the fact that no one really knows that in big crowds he's kind of uncomfortable and they meet a year prior in the prologue they're at a bonfire. He's sitting there. He's starting to get overwhelmed with all the sounds. And he's like, I'm just going to go for a walk. And all the dudes are like, we're at a party with chicks. Like, why are you leaving? And he's like, leave me go. And they're like, fine. So he goes and walks away in the middle of this woods, practically. And Ophelia is, well, this woman is sitting on a swing, practically. And he's just drawn to her. She's got fiery red hair. And he just like goes over to her and they have an intense connection to the point that they leave the party together. They go skinny dipping and they end up hooking up in the back of his Bronco. Like this one starts off with a bang legitimately. And (laughs) the kicker to it is when he asks her name, she says she's Daisy Buchanan from The Great Gatsby. (gasps) And he's like, well, then I'm Jay. 
and then she's all like but he dies in the end you know spoiler um and i'm hoping now people know that so they they you know do the deed and he's like but yo i like i need your name like he's he's obsessed and i'm i'm like 99 sure the prologue was from his pov so he's like already obsessed and she's like if fate wants you to meet me you'll find me and he's like God damn, okay and then they separate <laughs> So the the first chapter literally starts up a year after this party and the man has not found Daisy. Like he's thrown parties at his house. He doesn't like parties, but he's been throwing them, hoping that she shows up. He's been like scouring the campus, cannot find her. And then one day he's sitting in the campus coffee shop and she walks in and he's like, boop, 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 like whatever. She walks over to his table because she's looking for the tutor that her professor set her up with because she needs, she's about to fail this class because she's got some reading comprehension issues because of her autism. And so she walks over to him and he looks up at her and he's like, I've been looking for you. And obviously we as the reader know he's been looking for her, but she's like, who are you? Like, I don't know who you are, but she was like, the tutor Uh, yeah you're my tutor and he's just like I'm not her tutor and he's like yeah yeah I'm your tutor and that's serious just straight up lies just like yeah I'm gonna uh, yeah I'm your tutor sure for sure the reading's gonna be coming in later (laughs) (laughs) and oh it gets good so listen to me all excited um and then he calls her Daisy and she's like my name's Ophelia and he's like Daisy you remember and she just goes yeah and she's lying she has no memory of this man like she's like I've never seen this guy before (laughs) like what the hell so in his mind he has met the one because his father talks about the day he met his wife his mom and how he knew it was just this like fireworks moment so he has always believed that he was going to have that moment and that was him with Ophelia Ophelia's like I don't know who the hell you are but okay let's go (laughs) so the first like 30% of the book like not didn't really drag but we me as the reader I was like come on like when are we gonna get this out and the first like 30% is him just tutoring her and like him falling in for her and then calling her Daisy and she's like I feel bad that he keeps calling me Daisy. He's obviously like looking for someone else. And then he's like, I feel bad that I'm tutoring her and I'm not her tutor. But he happens to be very smart. And the really cool thing is like, he's a nerd at heart. Like he built like Legos all over his room. Like he reads a ton. So they have a really intense, like intellectual connection, which I enjoyed. It wasn't just let's hook up and I think you're hot and I'm hot type thing. And then it starts to like move into something more, which is where the reading comes in. He actually takes her on a date to a book binding facility because they, they're, they're both their favorite things are books. They love it. She talks about every single day. She talks about books she reads. She literally talks about how she's reading. They don't name it, but it's Throttled by Lauren Asher. Like she's like, oh, I'm, I'm reading this series. It's for F1 drivers and he's falling in love with his rival sister and then he, like, wants to know about it. So he takes her on this date to this, like, old book binding, <sighs> book binding shop. And he sets up, because he knows Man she doesn't by like women. I know, I'm, like, having a moment reliving this. He knows that she doesn't like to be in public. He doesn't know she's autistic. She's only told her family. Friends don't know. Roommates don't know. But he got a sense that she's uncomfortable in big 
spots. So he sets up a table and has food delivered at this book binding shop. And then they bind the great Gatsby. <gasps> Shut the front door. <laughs> Shut the front door. So she loves it. But then she's all like, shit, like Daisy Buchanan. I'm not Daisy Buchanan. But she doesn't say anything. They fall for each other. They have really good sex. It's vanilla, like nothing crazy. Like I think the most that happens is like he binds her hands with her t-shirt. And then there's one scene where he literally makes her read out loud while he um, eats some dessert, shall we say. And then the minute she stops reading, he stops. He's like, "Mm -mm, you keep reading until you (laughs) explode. And if you stop, I stop. Like, like, at this point, I'm like sweating. You guys are sweating right now. Yeah, I'm like, this is supposed to be a college romance. Like, this isn't supposed to happen. This is what happens in like our ages. So it's really, it's really cute. And Cree is a good guy. And I feel like lately I've been a lot more into like darker romances and like the a-holes. And at his core, he was just a good friend, a good guy who just was stupid and said that he was her tutor, but luckily he's smart. And it all kind of comes to a head. They He comes home one day and his roommate's throwing this massive party and his roommate's been off all year and he's been pissed off. Like, you have a girlfriend, you've left me like high and dry and we used to be bros and blah, blah, blah. And so they're drinking. He comes in, he's like, what the hell is this party? He's with Ophelia and his roommate's like, well, you weren't even supposed to be her tutor. And she like, obviously her whole life depends on her passing this grade. And so she runs out, he goes and follows her and she goes, well, fun fact, I'm not Daisy. I don't remember you. And it's like, you can just feel his broken heart. Cause he's like, yes, you are. And she's like, I don't know you. I've never seen you before this year. And come to find out she rides horses and had a concussion and she will never remember, but it was her that night. And she just has no memory of that night. She was not drinking. She wasn't doing it. Because he he even has an inner mo- uh, moment. He's like, you know, I wouldn't take care, like advantage of a woman. Like, she wasn't drinking. She wasn't drunk. I promise. Like, and nope, she just literally fell off a horse the day before and doesn't remember any of it. Um, and then Is that they come she back. Said she was Daisy or was she just trying to be like, a, like a, have a different persona that night? She, I think... I think because they connected, like she says throughout the book, he's the only person she's ever felt comfortable having conversation with. Like she talks about how she can't make eye contact and she can't really hold convos or make friends that easily. But she said she would realize when talking to him, it wasn't difficult. And so I think they had like that intense, like love at first sight connection type Mm -hmm. thing. And she was able to be truly herself, right? And then she doesn't remember it, which felt a little anticlimactic that I was just like, she fell off a horse, like what? But it, he was just kind of like, it's okay. You don't have to remember, but he's going to play professional hockey. And he's like, you don't have to come to my game. So she goes to his practices. Like it is just, it was just all around. He was a good guy that understood. And then when she told him she was autistic, he was like, okay. Yes. And like, yes. he was like, there wasn't any questions and she was just like well that's why I like don't make cont- eye contact and I don't make friends easily and he's like okay but you have me like I was like oh, swoon so it was really cute like it, it felt good throughout the whole entire book like I just had like a smile on my face and it wasn't too dark but it still had some like emotional moments to it and I really just as you can't tell I just went on a tangent I really enjoyed it it was really good 
I enjoyed that whole ride. Me too. Like, like I'm like new kink unlocked. Good thing that she fell off the horse because I was afraid she was drugged. Just like, you know, right? Like I was drugged was my first thought from the beginning. I just, what a ride. Mm-hmm. What a ride, but the best ride. She was going to have a twin sister. <laughs> That's what I was nervous about this whole time. I was like, he even said, he's like, you don't have a twin sister, right? And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. They don't talk about their family. Like, but you know, she only has a brother, but I was like, there's some sort of twist. But no, it was just that. It was really cute. Yeah. I, I also kind of like the amnesia part because it almost makes it that much sweeter and special that like, she won't ever get that memory back, that it's just a memory that he has, that he held on to. Mm-hmm. obviously it would have been great if she remembered but it's kind of neat that it's not like oops I was blacked out it's like right it was it it like no longer exists for her it's not dear John but Channing Tatum plays the same character similar character in that other movie where like the girl his wife literally loses her memory in a car crash oh my yeah. favorite. oh and like he has to make her refall in love with him yeah don't know the title but I do know what you're talking about that was good that one was so good I used to be one of my favorites but that's what this is making me thinking of too like I'm getting those vibes from it like I'm gonna remember how we first met and we're gonna find new coffee shops together to love because it's frustrating to think that you know it's just the old coffee shops that like you don't know if you even like it even though I know what your favorite meal is like all those little things that was so cute yeah I do have a favorite quote you want me to share that um and and my fa- the, it's my favorite quote because it actually occurs in chapter, I believe, four. And I think it really set the tone for who Ophelia is, that her character was more than just autism, which I think is really important when you read like disability or write disability, um, is make sure like it's not just they're autistic. It's just that's part of who they are. So she's actually on the phone with her brother and she's very close with him, but he lives like super far away. And he just goes, he tells her that he loves her and she's having trouble because her parents are being very, they treat her very differently than they do her brother. Like they baby her and they always make sure that she's okay. And she's like, I'm fine. Like I'm not, you know, I'm here. And he goes, remember that you're, you are more than you think you are. You're not different. You're you. And he says that to her. She hangs up with him. She's like, love you. Bye. And then she has an internal monologue as she's like looking up at the stars at night outside. She goes, you're more, I say to myself, echoing his words. Stop letting other people's insecurities turn you into a shell of who you really are. You are light and you are magic. And to me, that set the tone that was like, Ophelia is going to be a badass chick, in my opinion. She And she was. She, she knew she had problems connecting with people but she tried her roommates were so sweet like come out with us so she would come and like she would try and and she would just like keep remembering throughout that she was special because that's really all she ever wanted to be and Cree like just made her feel special in more ways than one if you know what I'm saying and it was (laughs) it was just really good I I really enjoyed it that reminds me of Amy Schumer's husband I think a few years ago got tested for autism and they found out that he was autistic and that since that diagnosis like they were able to implement a lot of things and like learn a lot of different things that like helped make their life a lot easier so getting diagnosed was like a really great thing for them but a reporter had asked her because she was pregnant at the time Hmm. and they're like oh are you worried that your son is going to turn out like your like your husband or is going to also have autism and she was like why why would that worry me? My husband is the funniest person. He's the most honest person. I, he's the person I love most in the 
world like if my son was anything like him it would be great (laughs) yeah I love that in my book as well there was like this really strong theme of both red you know the other main character along with the family being like well some of the family being like you are brave you are strong like you are one of the strongest people I know because you decided to instead of living this cushy life like go out make it on your own like build up a business from the ground up so that way you could support yourself even though you didn't need to and the trauma and the pain that you go through every single day to push through in order to get to that point where you can survive and you can thrive like that's what makes you such a strong person and that's something that red reinforced to her over and over again that's sweet yeah, I liked in this one when her and Cree have her, their misunderstanding, their, of course, their 75% breakup. She, before she's willing to talk to Cree, she tells him, she's like, I need to go home and talk to my parents. And she literally goes and tells her parents, like, you need to treat me better. Like, I'm an adult. I'm not just autism. And she has this, like, whole earth-shattering conversation with her family and once she feels centered there, she can go back and talk to Cree. And I just enjoyed that, that she realized it was more than just Cree that she needed to like figure out and come to terms with. And then she could be with Cree. I just like that it didn't like revolve directly around him. Yeah. That sounds like such a good book. We all have such good books. We did. Yeah. Well, some are the first part of yours. <laughs> I swear it's gonna be good next week you're on a schedule girl I'm holding you to it (laughs) I don't I was excited to read this book like it's some reverse psychology shit (laughs) I don't know what it is I'll say it here I'm on recording I will never not finish a book for an episode again knock on some wood Mm-hmm. None's near me. Okay. I'll get you twice. Old. Christy, give us the ratings for your book because I know we have some questions that we want to ask you too. Yes. I gave it, a, well, I did like a 4.25, so I'll say like an 8 out of 10. And I gave Spice 3 out of 5, but Swoon Level for me was 5 out of 5. <gasps> swoon Level. Swoon Level. Okay. It's like <laughs> my. Yeah, that's like my romance level. Like if I connected with the couple and what he made me for me, what he made me feel is my certain level. That's fantastic. I think we need to add that. Yeah, that's that's not like, I don't know, patented somewhere. Like we gotta we gotta borrow that because that's brilliant. Hopefully I didn't steal that from someone else, but no, I think you're fine. (laughs) That's kind of how I feel about romance reasons. The only the first time I heard it was on Sarah McLean and Jennifer Prokop's Faded Mates podcast. So here I am crediting them. But I also could also not have been by them because they could have also just been the first person who'd say it. Christy, tell yeah. us, how did you start book talking? Oh. On Bookstagram first? So I never read growing up. I have a really bad, or I had really bad reading comprehension issues. So I used to have to take like my test orally and I was on like hooked on phonics till like middle school and love that for me. And so I never got into reading because it was so difficult that I like just didn't want to do it. 
And then Fifty Shades came out. And I'm in the older generation of book talkers, I like to say. So I was 20, gosh, maybe like 21 when Fifty Shades came out. And I devoured that series. And that's when I was like, oh, I've just been reading the wrong things. Like now I know what I like and it's, you know, porn. And I (laughs) just, I, I spent like an entire summer, maybe an entire year pretty much just reading romance, like Sylvia Day, the Crossfire series and all this stuff. And then like a lot of people, it kind of just like fizzled after that year. And then COVID hit. And at the time I was living with my parents and I felt really lost and I deal with a lot of depression and social anxiety. So during COVID, it was pretty heightened, like it was for a lot of people. And my best friend who lives in Denver convinced me to get a Kindle. So I did, that came with three months free Kindle Unlimited and I had an ad pop up for a romance book and it was game over. And I just started like devouring books left and right. And then I was on TikTok, but just on it scrolling. And I found uh, Fit Teacher Rachel, Rachel Baldwin. And I followed her and I kept kind of watching her. And I was like, she's so comfortable with like the taboo of talking about romance books. And I felt really lost and bored and I needed a creative outlet. So Christmas Eve, Jennifer L. Armachild dropped that she was showing everyone the first chapter to Gildan Bones. And I was like, oh, I'll take a snapshot of it and just put it on TikTok. And I got like a thousand views and I flipped out. And I was like, oh my God, like this is amazing. And didn't tell a single soul. And I just started doing random TikToks in my bedroom, like with an iPad and a candle. And that's how I started. And it kind of grew from there. And then a little bit ago, I started my bookstagram. I didn't at first, because I was like, can I juggle more than one thing? But I wanted a place to connect and be able to talk to people more with stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really happy. So that's my long journey into book talk. I love that. <laughs> I'm just picturing it with a candle and an iPad. And it just, it honestly makes me really happy because like, that's, that's how you start. The people who start because they're like, I'm going to do it. So I'm going to buy all the ring lights. Like, that doesn't necessarily pan out all the time. You No, I didn't even show my face. I was like, no one's going to ever see me, ever. And then I would do like one random one with my face. And then I would sit there and have like a panic attack. And I was like, no, I can't keep doing this. And then I started getting more comfortable. And I think I started feeling more confident, like being surrounded by a bunch of women that were all talking about romance. And then I started showing my face more and more. And now now just like whatever at this point but yeah I started out with it just like I had an iPad and a candle and then I would like do this little transition and it would be like tropes it'd be like my favorite fake dating and it would just be the covers I'm like that was it but I love it and I'm glad I grew from there yeah like I hit my one year mark and I looked at my like first couple videos and I was like just it's very crazy to see how far it's all come that's awesome I love that TikTok has kind of been one of those things that most people did not get on it with the intention of it being anything. Mm-hmm. So many people are like, I posted one video and people watched it. So then yeah. I thought it would be funny if I just kept doing them. It's a very authentic app, which I like. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, it is. You don't go on there like hoping to get brand deals and stuff like that. For me, I wanted to just have a spot where I could talk about the thing I loved most and not feel uh, 
shame about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We kind of just talked a little bit about things we love about the book talk community. Is there mm-hmm. anything that you would want to see changed? I think in general, there's like, there's a couple things. I think with any group of people, there's always going to be toxicity. There's always going to be the people that are just straight negative or anything like that, which is frustrating. We all have our own opinions, and I think that is important. But I think in general, the people that started on Book Talk, the people who were on Book Talk, wanted it to be a community that includes everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super important. And the other thing is, like, I really think, and I, I am one of those people, it's like one of my goals for this year is to do more diversity and have more diversity in what we're reading and not just reading the hyped up things with characters with disabilities and POC characters, I think are really important. And POC's authors are really important. And I know it's hard, especially as you grow, you get arcs and then you're kind of in this arc system where that's all you're really reading. But I would love to see more creators of color and more authors of color and more stories of disabilities get the hype that it it deserves. That's a that's a big thing and I'm nowhere near where I need to be but that is a goal for mine. I know that that's also a goal for Summer and I with this podcast like we have something in our notes our little Google Drive called like diversity tracker mm-hmm. and we because it is important I think we have the same stance as you like it needs to be better seen by society and mm-hmm. more normalized. And when things are trending it's almost like an orbit where it's hard to break into it, but then also once you're in it, it's hard to break out of it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like by keeping track of actual numbers for us, like we have a a goal that we want to reach and then that way we have to make an effort and we're constantly checking back in with that metric. That helps speak to like break through when you're like, okay, I'm looking for a book where our numbers at, okay, let me spend an extra five minutes to Mm -hmm. find an author that maybe isn't talked about as much or an author of color or really any own voices. I love watching that. I think Amy Dawes just had a a video go viral. Someone made a video for Blindsided and now it's sitting at like the top five on Kindle for three weeks. Oh, I read that like months ago and I- That's Omer Clay. I love him. I love him. Yeah. She made a video and I got uh, like so many views. I mean like millions, a couple million views. And because of that, it skyrocketed, blindsided to number one of the whole entire Kindle store. And now it's been sitting, I believe, at top four for a few weeks. That, I'm so happy for her. That was such a good book. Mm-hmm. I feel I a little bit like like I was on the hype before the hype. I didn't know yeah, it was no. a hype, but like also you like were? I was. You texted me and you're like, Summer, I've not stopped thinking about this book. And it was a week later and you're like, I've read five different books since then. And I have not stopped thinking about this book. I am working my way through it on audiobook. The audios is so good. It's so good. And I'm like a nonfiction audiobook podcast person Mm -hmm. where fiction is really hard for me to get into an audiobook version. I think I realized it has to be duet. Mm -hmm. I have It Happened One Summer by Tess Bailey as audio, but it's not duet. And I can't get into it, but I'm really loving the blindsided audible taking notes of the narrator's names for <laughs> when I don't And he calls her Bonnie Lass. I was like, <gasps> his little accent. <laughs> cookie. It's cookie. Yeah. I, I love it. Melt. I'm just going to melt a little bit further. <laughs> it's the modern day James Frazier. <laughs> it is. So that makes me think. So I have a question for 
Christy mainly, but also for Summer, although I think I know, maybe I don't know your perspective on this. So my question, and I thought of this while I was reading my book, is how fast are you allowed to fall in love in romance books? Now we know that there's romance reasons, but like what's the general rule where it still makes sense? Because in real life, in most people's real relationships or like alive, not fictional relationships, we have like a certain amount of adverse moments that you need to go through with a partner in order to be like, you're the one. Mm -hmm. So when you're reading, what makes sense? The couple together, I would say, like actually saying I love you or you knowing from their POV that they love them. Let's go with Pia. Okay. I would say like a little bit after 50% for me, because usually in like normal burns, I would say they kind of hook up around 35 to 40%. And that gives about 10% of them getting to know each other intimately, I think. So anything really after 50%, like, of course you have your Insta love stories, but I like to have time, especially because I think I'm an enemies to lovers fiend. So for me, that takes a, a lot longer and it should take a lot longer. Like I was talking to author H.G. Carlton the other day about true enemies to lovers versus enemies to lovers. And I was like, to me, a true enemies to lovers is like something so large that it takes them a while to even get over the fact that they're enemies so that they can fall for each other. So I like anything, like I would probably say like 60%, 55 to 60% into the book. I think that's when I like it. I like watching them fall in love and then not realizing that I'm watching them fall in love. But like when he has that moment of like, oh shit, I love her, like game over. I just love it. Yes. Oh, those are our book boyfriends. Mm-hmm. They just, they kill me in the mm-hmm. best way. <laughs> It has to be a believable arc, especially like the more severe of the enemy ship, mm-hmm. like Brutal Prince by Sophie Lark. That was, you know, a pretty big enemy <laughs> ship. <laughs> like, yeah, I would say so. Kind of large. Mm-hmm. But also what they went through after that and once they like were married were such high stake situations and there's so much intensity in the following scenes that them getting over it made sense. It's not like they were just like sitting on the couch together and we're like, okay, I guess I don't hate you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, wow, you saved my freaking life. <laughs> but then when it's insta love, like there has to be again that something at stake or some reason that makes this person special other than just like their eyes which the eyes <laughs> i used to heard i forget where i heard this but somebody's talking about how like romance books are the only books that ever talk about somebody's eye color oh I mean, like we all know harry potter has green eyes because it's maybe mentioned in the first page or something you know when he's like dropped on the doorstep but other than that, like, in romance books, it's, like, every other description is, like, mm-hmm. their eyes. I'm guilty of it, too. Because mm-hmm. there's something about the eyes. No, no, it's good. I just don't want it to be the only thing. Yeah. And, okay. I just thought of something for my book that I was really pleased about, but I didn't look at my notes, so this is on me. Red, as a character, he blushed. 
So you could like see physical business happening with his expressions versus like I looked into their eyes and I could just tell. Mm-hmm. Or like I could tell by the clench of their jaw. Here, just like, gosh, like I wish, like I wish I could tell, but no, thank mm-hmm. you, Red, for having an actual physical, biological response that could be seen from across the room. Mm-hmm. Because I appreciate that, Red, because it makes me feel a little bit more realistic. Although there's that one girl on TikTok who's like trying to turn her husband. I keep sending these to Summer. They, she's, she's like trying to turn her husband. Yes. I love her. Yeah. Summer, like, you clench your jaw when you look at me. <laughs> like someone else looked at me. You need to be territorial now. Like I love her. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love her. When love she had so like much. hit her ankle and she's like, look, I hurt myself. He's like, why did you, what did, what were you doing? She's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Try again. Oh, she's she is. Her book, I don't think it's out yet. I think the release got postponed. She got signed with an agent, so I think the release was pushed back a little bit. But her book on Goodreads already has like over like a hundred plus reviews. And majority of them, because only a very few people of them got arcs or betas, are people just being like I love Stacey so much. Like, she is so funny. Like, she picks out the best books. Her TikToks alone are so clever. This book is going to be so good because she's just, like, such a lovable person that people are like, I don't care what you write. Like, I am here for it. I didn't even know that she was a writer, so I'm excited for this. Me neither. I just, I saw the videos, laughed a lot, sent them to Summer, and then just went on my merry way. (laughs) This is exciting. I'm so excited. What are your pet peeves in romance books? <laughs> Miscommunication, which I didn't <laughs> realize was a trope until Book Talk. Like, until, like, I saw, like, the hype around the hate for miscommunication. I was like, that's why all these books have bothered me. And it's not even just miscommunication, like little things it's literally where the whole entire plot would have been fixed with one sentence like hey I went to the store on Tuesday I didn't sleep with that woman (laughs) little things like that like you know here's my credit card bill like to show you like little tiny moments like that that it's just frustrating because you read this entire book falling in love with these characters and it's something that you're like just talk to each other so I'd say that's probably my biggest thing yeah, I think that I think that's really it because that's the one that irritates me. I don't mind pregnancy. That's not, I mean, it happens. So it's not that weird of a thing for me to read. So yeah, I think that's like my biggest thing aside from other woman or other man trauma. Mm. Uh, I could do without cheating. It's just like, I know we're going to get to the HEA, but I have a hard time trusting whomever cheated yeah. ever again. And uh, that frustrates me. Although some of my favorite books have cheating, but I will still steer clear of it by now. I just read a book like that. So I read Block Shot by Kennedy Ryan. That's the book. Okay. I have so many mixed feelings about this book. Mm -hmm. I rated it a 7 out of 10. Okay. Because just simply by her writing was just like, Mm -hmm. this woman is a magician with words. Mm Mm-hmm. But the characters, I just couldn't fall in love with. And I mm-hmm. think part of that's to do with the cheating. And just in general, maybe they... Like, I wanted to watch 
I think I said this one in the podcast that we talked about it. Like, if Banner was in a Selling Sunset show for sports management, she would be my favorite, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I would love her. But as the hero heroine in my romance novel, same with Jared, like, I didn't really fall in love with him either. So anywho, but I saw your TikTok where you were like, this book made me cry. It was so mm-hmm. relatable. So I have to know, where are your mixed feelings on this? Yeah, that- If they're that- mixed- that always mixed. I DNF'd it and then I picked it back up. So I really related to Banner and a lot of her internal monologue in the first half of the book or the first part of the book when she was heavier in college. I connected with, cried my eyes out, just hyperventilating, reading what she was thinking because it's things that I have thought throughout my entire life and specifically as I got older. And I'm totally cool with cheating if the person you're cheating on sucks cheat away have fun if you're in a shitty relationship in a book cheat go I'll I'll, I'll totally support you but she cheats on someone who's wonderful and I had like a crazy aversion to it and I literally just like shut my kindle and maybe like two months felt like I owed it to Banner to hear the rest of her story and like something about her I kept thinking about her I kept wondering how it ended like did we find out something whatever Jared, I could like take or leave, but I think he was supposed to be like, like he wasn't a terrible person. Like he wasn't killing people that everything he did wasn't like he took what he wanted when he wanted. And I'm really happy I finished it because I thought the end, I won't spoil that one for everyone, but like she has to literally choose and literally just give up her whole entire life to help someone else. And I think it shows you that even though she made a really bad mistake at her first, she's a really good person. So when they have that art, I was like, mm-hmm, okay, now I'm a Jared. Like she literally took the steps she needed to mend her relationship with Zoe. But the middle part of the cheating, literally, I was like, I was so, I was hurt. Like I felt like I got cheated on. And I don't think I would have picked that book up had I known there was cheating. Mm. And I think that's the... That's how you can tell it's a good writing. It's a good story when it's awful, but yet I couldn't, I couldn't stop even when I tried. I've never been so conflicted over a book. Mm -hmm. So many mixed feelings about that book, but I mean, I still gave it a seven out of 10 because the writing. I think it would have been a top 10 for me last year had it not had cheating. So it just missed that for me, but I still had like a deep connect. And I think that's also just because I viewed myself a lot as Banner. All right. Kennedy's not scared to like put the the emotion into her book. I'm excited. She's one of the authors I want to read more this year. So I'm really excited. I think her writing, there's so much emotion behind it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if I could put my finger on it, then you know, it wouldn't make it so magical. <laughs> she, does, she does a really good job at like showing the emotion, the realistic emotions of a realistic relationship. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Especially yeah. in all the books that we're reading that were like, oh, romance reason over here, romance mm-hmm. reason over there, romance reasons for everyone. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite trope? Is it enemies to lovers? In general, I would say enemies to lovers. Like if we wanted to get down to like the nitty gritty, my favorite is mafia captive romance. There is something about Stockholm syndrome. 
<laughs> that I love. I love it so much. To me, that's true enemies. Like you can't, there's no way he's not your enemy. He took you captive. I think that at my core is like my ultimate favorite, but just in a big generalization. Yeah, I'll pick enemies over friends to lovers any day. Omegaverse. I saw your TikTok on it recently. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's these like pack situations. Mm-hmm. My question is, is there one like universe that all these things come out of? Like, was there, is there one creator of the Omegaverse? So from what like, I've been Hogwarts told, world, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It- yeah. So what I've been told now, I'm fairly new to Omegaverse. Like I've read a few, but lately it's like what I've been searching out there is different realms of Omegaverse. Some are lean more towards paranormal where like the men can get pregnant and preg. And then I haven't read any of that yet, but I will. But like the ones I have read have all been earth humans. They just have animalistic like tendencies and naughty penises. But Omegaverse, I believe started either on AO3 or Wattpad. It was one of the two. Someone like made it up and then it just absolutely blew up and lately it's getting a lot of traction from what I've seen but yeah there was I don't know who it was but there was like one person that literally just like made up the Omegaverse and then you have your normal Omegaverse and then you have your sweet Omegaverse which is what like Lola and the Millionaires are which is like sweet men they're tough and alpha-y but they're sweet and then you have the other side of the ones I haven't read which are more animalistic I believe but It makes for some good smut scenes if you ever want to read it. It's very nice. Okay, and what are these knots on the penises? Oh, let me draw a diagram. No, I'm just kidding. It is what it sounds like. It is a knot that, you know, chills at the bottom of the appendage. And the omega has a lock. So when they knot, because omegas go into heat, just like a normal, like a cat or a dog would, And they get really needy and they get really uncomfortable. Like the only way they can feel comfort is if they're nesting. So they're in a room with pillows and blankets and colors or some of them like it dark. It kind of just depends. But they have to be surrounded by their pack during their heat. Like they need to like smell their alphas and their betas, whatever. And then they have to have a bunch of sex. Darn. (laughs) And so during that time, the alphas usually with consent. It's very much like a, can I not you type of situation? <laughs> Can't believe I'm talking about this, but <laughs> they will literally ask for permission and the Omega will say yes. And it, they just push, push it in just a little bit further and the knot goes up, knots, and then the Omega locks and then they simultaneously combust. And then they have to literally stay conjoined until they unswell. So it like, it locks because they swell together and it locks it in place and then they come and then they have, they like just chill together for a while. And it's a big moment for the Omegas. It's a big moment for the Alphas as well, because it kind of solidifies their relationship. And it's usually what occurs before the Alpha will bite the Omega. And that's what builds the pack is the bites. And then they can sense each other's emotions and they can be like, where is Alpha Joe? And then she'll be like, oh. There he is. Yeah, it's it's literally like Love and the Millionaires is literally humans just with these weird animal-like tendencies and the nodding. So it's like literally taking like you and I and giving them crazy pheromones and weird appendages. But it's really hot. Like I can't, I can't even explain it. It is something about nodding 
something about it. It is one of the most unique smut scenes I've ever read. And also, do, do they have to rotate? No, no, no. I think, well, I don't really know uh, how exactly it works, but <laughs> they don't ever say there's rotation. It's just kind of like in the moment they swell together and it lock. They, they, they physically cannot come apart. Like they could try, it would be really painful. And they just kind of become, it's like becoming one almost. It's just like a very romantic, sensual moment for them. And it gives relief to the Omegas when they're in heat. I literally, like my jaw's been dropped this entire time because people can't see it. I just want to let you know, Summer's jaw has also been dropped. I didn't even know that this existed until Summer brought up the question. So thank you, Christy, for the thorough explanation. Yep. I would really recommend starting with um, Catherine Moon. She's the one that wrote Lola and the Millionaires, but you start with Baby and the Night Howlers. And it gives you a good description of what the pack is and alphas and betas and omegas. And I think it's like the perfect entryway into the omega verse. Gateway. Mm-hmm. A gateway omega. Oh, gateway I- into nodding, baby. It's so good. I, I This has been the best definition because it's come up before on TikTok and I'm like Google and like omega verse not still went right over my head. But I think it's so cool that this is like, this is like a full, like full on world building mm-hmm. in terms of scenarios yeah that has just been transplanted between all these different books which i think is really cool kind of like the reverse harems yeah but much more much more more just more more yeah and then there's all these different relationship dynamics so the alphas can be in relationships with the alphas they can be in relationships with the betas they can be there strictly platonically and they just kind of like they're like a big found family that like to all have sex with each other what do the betas do? The betas are just like humans. They're just like you and me. Like there's nothing crazy about them. There's no weird appendages, but they get brought into the the packs usually by the alphas, but they can have a really strong relationship with everyone. Lola in Lola and the Millionaires is a beta and she wishes she was an Omega, which gets her into trouble in Baby's book. And they practically treat her like an Omega in the book. And it's like, they whine, the, they whine and they dine the Omega, whatever they want, they get. It's just very, it's swoony. It's like a 10 out of 10 swoon level. We'll say it's that. like 50 shades of gray for bees. <laughs> <Yeah>. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I could see it. I'm just thinking like the queen bee who like, I think she, I think like she gets like so large like her wings fall off and she can't move there's some okay don't (laughs) someone fact check me but there's something where like the queen everything is brought to her she's like you're not wrong on that that's true yeah that's a a fact that i can back up that particular fact the other ones i'm a little (laughs) plus on I yeah. have to Google this. Mm-hmm. I have to Google this. And then Christy will let you go, but we have to find out about these queen bees. Yes, please. Because <laughs> that's really what it is. Like they, they go into heat and they be, it's like annoying, like annoying almost. Like they run fevers and they don't feel good. And it's like, I need water. I need a hug. I need a foot rub. And these alphas who are like alphas. So they're, they're just what you expect them to be. Kind of like the yeah. protectors and the animalistic kind of ones. They rot, you know. They like literally bend over backwards. Like, what do you need? Water? I'll get you four glasses of water, and I'll cuddle you until two a.m. All they want is to make them happy. That is a like, ten out of ten swoon. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Yep. All right, summer on the on the interwebs. 
What's the verdict? Okay. Queen bees only have sex once in their life. What? But don't they constantly, like, give out eggs? Okay. Most insects live short lives, but you may be surprised to know queen can live two to seven years. Queen mates only once in her life and stores the sperm she collects in a special organ, which draws from, she draws from to lay eggs for the rest of her life. When workers make a new queen, they often make more than one. This gives them the best chance at raising a strong Bible queen. However, there can typically only be one queen bee. So the new queen queens hatch, they must kill their competitors. Oh my God, this is a romance novel scenario. <laughs> they must fight to the death. Ah! What? <laughs> <laughs> a queen is constantly attended by a court of worker bees. These workers feed and groom her. They also carry away her waste and actually digest her food for her. Oh, without the constant care of her attendants, the queen would die. Me. <laughs> what? Well, I think we all learned something today. We did. A little science. Yes, smart and an education lunch lesson. I love that. I feel like there's been so much education. Just to recap, queen bees have sex once in their life. They have a special organ where they keep all the sperm for the rest of their life, which can be up to seven years. They have their food pre-digested for them and their waste carried away. And in order to get that position, they have to fight to the death. <laughs> doesn't what? seem worth it for seven years. Just doesn't seem worth it. I'm just, I'm still a little shook about it. To be honest, I'm gonna have to think about it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> like like I keep putting myself in that queen bee position. I was like, do I want to fight to the death to sit on my ass? Like maybe. Honestly, like maybe. Like I'm in education and that sounds like it might be worth one fight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So to wrap it up, we read It Ain't Me Babe by Tilly Cole. Preemptively gonna give it a 10 out of 10, four out of five spice. Christy read Boys Don't, Good Boys Don't Lie. Yes. Good Boys Don't Lie, which was, how did you read it? Sorry. <laughs> I read it, I read it about an 8 out of 10. Okay. And was it a th two spice or three spice? It was about like a 2.5, three out of five spice. Okay. I read Get a Life, Chloe Brown by Talia Hibbert, and it was eight out of 10, and then a two out of five for spice. Next week, we're going to be reading... The Xavier Mates by Elizabeth Stevens. This is the continuation of the book that we talked about in, I think, episode three. Mm -hmm. Taken to Raxia, taken to Nobu, and taken to Hemo. Xavier Mates, books one, two, and four. We're skipping number three because it's like in a different universe. I'm so excited for this. We're going to be talking to Elizabeth Stevens, who wrote the books. I just want to get inside of her head, ask her all the questions. We are still doing our giveaway. So in the bottom of the show notes, if you join our group, the AJ Book Club on Facebook, if you leave a review of this podcast, post your screenshot of your review, you're gonna be entered in the giveaway, which I think we're gonna go until we have 100 participants. So there's still spots left, but at 100, we're gonna be cutting it off. So if you are interested, don't wait. There's gonna be three different winners. We're gonna have a Kindle a Kindle Unlimited slash Audible subscription. You can pick which one and signed paperbacks. And then we are still in the month of February. So our 
charity for this month is Literacy for Incarcerated Teens, which provides books, reading materials, state board approved curriculum, as well for teen incarceration centers in the state of New York. Fantastic. I don't know about all of our listeners, but I had a brilliant time today. And I just want to say a big fat thank you to Christy for coming out. You brought so much to this episode and I just, I want to say thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was an absolute blast. I loved it. I am, it was such a delight. Such a delight. <laughs> and where can everybody find you if for some reason they aren't already yes. following you? You can find me at read underscore between period the underscore wines at both TikTok and Instagram. Sorry, it's a weird handle, but it is what <laughs> Perfect. Well, again, thank you so much. Yeah, and thank you. Toodles. Toodles. good to be back and nice to be hearing you not hearing you we can just scratch all that because my brain just totally short skirts oh god it's been another day okay can we redo it yeah i'll just say hi i'll just keep it short and simple i think that's going to be this episode for me this is my first so i'm very excited we're popping cherry you are (laughs) sorry i just that was an opportunity i had to take it right there if you didn't, I would have been disappointed. <laughs> okay, Summer, we need to take a pause, though. We use positive language towards ourselves, right? You can't right. not do this. Hasn't happened yet. We can rephrase. Yeah. I'm a superstar who is so fond of myself that I overestimate my reading abilities. Yes! <laughs> there it is. That's it. Okay, now we can we can move forward. Okay. I, I couldn't let you sit with that. <laughs> I'm sorry, my my cat is having urinary tract issues. Oh. Which means that she wants to pee everywhere other than her litter box. And her new favorite place is my dead plant, oh. which is right next to the bed. So she's like doing her thing. She's very considerate though. She will only pee in boxes or in the, sh- sometimes she'll like squat over the shower drain. What? Like, how considerate is that? How does she know? There's like I think I think there's something about boxes. Cats and boxes, there's something yeah. about that. So like going in a container of some sort, whether it's a planter, a box. We have like two different litter boxes, like extra litter boxes out right now for her. Anywho, so what I'm looking at over that way, that's, that's fair enough. Getting distracted by uh, <laughs> TMI on my cat's urinary health. <laughs>